the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Combat Cast. And we are going to be previewing UFC 273 today. Talk a little Bellator. But first, Chevy, tell them what's coming up. All right, on April 16th, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night Luke versus Muhammad 2. And then on April 23rd, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night Lemos versus Andrade. We'll have to take another look at that card because it was not filled out all the way last time I looked at it. <laughs> and at the end of the month, on the 30th, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night Font versus Vera. That, that's going to be a fun one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. An interesting fight. I was saying before, too, I don't know if it was off air or what, but Vera would font. Like, I feel that's a big step up for Vera skill wise. Obviously, he's been, uh, you know, O'Malley's got that that buzz and we saw how he did there he did excellent but this is a guy font who's been in main events on fight nights and he can go and he's one of those guys i feel like it's always improving too so uh yeah interesting main event there absolutely so we were talking before we get started there's a bellator coming art coming up next week as we're recording this now on friday it'll be uh, april 15th april 15th uh, what were some of the key matchups we were looking at for that so on the fight card, the main event is going to be AJ McKee versus Pitbull 2 for the featherweight title. McKee is 18-0 after choking out Pitbull last summer. All his pro fights, I didn't know this before, but all of his pro fights have been in Bellator, which is, yeah. is you know, you know how Bellator is where they have O&O guys fighting, right. them, you know, maybe not the main card, but. Not outside the realm of possibility that they'd be on a main. Card. I think we've seen some of AJ McKee's earlier fights too. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Pitbull, obviously, he's an all-time great. He was on a seven-fight win streak before that loss to McKee, including a win, a TKO win over Chandler. So, um, you know, he's no joke. So that should be a great fight. I think McKee is definitely, you know, the future. His time may be now. But I could still see Patricky getting getting the win over McKee. I don't know how our friend Sean Shamrock feels about that. I'm pretty sure he's pretty high on on the McKee. Agent, yeah. And I gotta say, I think McKee is definitely one of those guys. He also seems very happy in Bellator, but like he's a guy that I'm curious to see how he will do in other promotions like UFC. Like he's such a stud, so athletic. Just a great, great all-around fighter. Yeah, it's hard to go against him right now, undefeated. But Patricky, uh, he's one of those Bellator guys that, you know, he's so good. Him and his brother. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could see them being, I could see, it's, a, it's an interesting matchup. But I think the smart money's on McKee. Yeah, also on that card, the co-main event is Nemkov versus Corey Anderson for the light heavyweight title. So, I mean, Corey's looked great his last few fights. Nemkov is a badass, though. So, I think... That's a pick em fight. I think both guys are are yeah. pretty evenly matched. I'd like to see Corey get the belt, you know, after all he's had to deal with in the UFC, his lack of respect and all that. Um, he has definitely become a more exciting fighter in his last few fights, too, and it's worked out great for him. So I like Corey. I always thought Corey showed, like, shades of, like, being one of the best in the world at times. Like, his consistency was... But he started off in the UFC, basically, after three or four fights. Mm-hmm. You know, it was crazy. Like, he won the Ultimate Fighter, and then he had a couple fights where, you know, I think think he just wasn't quite ready but he just kept working on his game improvement and he got some exciting performances and his contract came up and he had the opportunity to go to bellator and he's just made the most of it you know and that and we've seen not every guy that comes to the ufc to bellator is an automatic layup like but Corey's definitely he's worked hard i find myself just rooting for this guy you know i remember some of his appearances like on joe rogan i always liked him Right. I just think that, you know, I mean, but like Nemkov has definitely been a badass. So this is not by any way means like I, I would consider Nemkov a favorite here. Maybe not a huge favorite, but a favorite. I'm pulling for Corey. I like to see him complete his journey and become champion. It's uh, good to see. I will say this, too. I remember I think it was Ryan Bader who said this, too, was getting finishes in Bellator. He said because of the pay structure being different, knowing that like he's making X amount of dollars ahead. He felt like he could be a little more cautious, meaning, you know, like he wasn't just like, you know, God, I need to be careful because if I don't win, I'm not going to get X amount of money. You're going to get half your money, yeah. 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 So uh, that might be the case with Corey. I'll just answer a few of these from Randy here. I think UFC and Bellator need to have a big weekend like wrestling does. UFC does. I would say International Fight Week in July. Maybe the last couple of years with COVID and everything may not feel the same, but I think this year we'll see. You know, but that's, I think that's their big weekend is International national fight week bellator to jump ahead he had mentioned that he'd like to see more ufc go over to bellator or i hope some more come over from ufc but yeah and i think if that happens you might see bellator have those big weekends and stuff bellator's got some great talent but maybe not you know consistently enough to pull one of those giant weekends over like an international fight week but yeah it's good for the sport if more crossover happens and ufc definitely has so much right now like it wouldn't hurt to see bellator 
get some of it and have them be like a solid number two. Sure. Uh, also on the fight card it yeah. is going to be Aaron Pico, MMA prodigy. He's fighting Jeremy Kennedy, who's 17 and three. So I think Pico is nine and three. I believe he's nine and three. So Pico uh, was one of those guys. Yeah. They're like everybody said was going to be the greatest thing. And he's been good, but he's got caught a few times here and there. Right. He's supposed to have this phenomenal wrestling base, but he just, I mean, he also is like a Golden Gloves winner. So he, he has great boxing as well. But we've really only seen his boxing. I haven't seen too much yeah. in the way of his grappling. But, I mean, he is exciting to watch when he's boxing. He, his body shots are are lethal. So, But like you said, he has been caught on the feet before. I think a lot of that is it's hard to find him matchups at his level. Right. Because he was so dangerous at such an early level. So he yeah, got some tough matchups. Yeah. yeah. A lot of guys that were on his level technically in terms of record didn't want that fight right so he was fighting guys with like 15 17 fights in his first fight right and with decent records i think they were like 15 and 2 or something like that it wasn't like that he was fighting these guys that were like 9 and 8 or you know what i mean so it's uh yeah it's interesting and even in those fights that he lost to where he was fighting more like he had moments where he was like usually right. in control for a little bit right if he had a little bit more experience a little higher fight iq in those moments maybe he could have protected himself i think he just got a little too aggressive and he ended up getting clipped by an experienced opponent so and hats off to bellator for not just bailing on this guy too obviously they realized what a prospect he could be and they've got behind him tried to get him the best matchups they could and he's showing something this is a good test for him this weekend though or the friday yeah for sure all right ufc 273 this weekend before we get to the main card what are some fighters or fights we might want to look at on this undercard? So on the prelims, I just highlighted, you know, Mickey Gall is fighting. I always like to see him. Aspen Ladd, if she makes weight, will be fighting Raquel Pennington. You know, she's had her weight uh, cut issues, but that, that that should be a good fight. Good measuring stick to find out where Aspen Ladd is for sure. There's, you know, Rosenstruck is fighting Mar- Marcin Tibera. That'll be a good heavyweight fight. And then another person to keep an eye out for is Ian Gary. I don't know if he's getting as much hype as he should be. He's an Mm. undefeated Irish fighter. This might be a hot take, but I think that his ceiling is actually higher than Paddy Pimblett's ceiling. He also is a shit talker. He's just not as highly touted coming over. He has a fight, at least one fight in the UFC, which I believe he knocked the opponent out. But keep an eye out for him. If, if you're watching the prelims, definitely watch the Ian Gary fight. I bet he gets a knockout. Interesting. I'm trying to... Yeah, I, I, I remember this guy fighting before. Yeah, okay. It was Jordan Williams. He had a first round knockout with one second left in the first round mm-hmm. yeah he is impressive i do know this yeah. guy i knew that name right away when you said that okay hey he's like he's a very long good kicks like he's a he's a striker for sure but yeah and i mean this guy he's fighting here i don't know much about him but he's also apparently eight you know according to this so mm-hmm. interesting matchup by the usc i i so we talk about protecting these prospects sometimes too but sometimes in the early early stages 
it is kind of fun to see these two young undefeated people maybe go at each other and see like, oh, okay, like who's going to be here? And when you're as crowded as the UFC, maybe you want to do that once in a while because like, all right, who's the one we want to get behind here? That's what's great about MMA also is a loss does not ruin your career in MMA. There's so many ways to lose or win a fight. There's so many variables that you just can't throw a fighter out when they get one loss like they do in boxing. Absolutely. Why don't we get to this main card? Vincent Pichel, Vince Pichel, I believe that's how you say his name, against Mark Madsen. Madsen, yeah. Madsen, okay. So Pichel is 14-2. He's got eight KOs and six decisions. He's 7-2 in the UFC, three-fight win streak. Madsen is 11-0, got three KO, three subs, five decisions, 3-0 in the UFC. His last win was a split decision over Quake Guida. Also to note, he's a... 2016 Summer Olympic Games silver medalist. In wrestling. Yes. Ton, ton of wrestling credentials. Michelle is obviously got a lot more fight experience. Like he's been in the UFC for a lot longer with that seven and two record. So this is a good test for him. That's a hell of a fucking pedigree right there, huh? I, I like Madsen in this, I think. Yeah, I love Vince. I love his mustache. But yeah, uh, yeah he's going to get wrestled to death in this fight. To a decision for sure. That's what I'm thinking here too. Yeah, because Michelle, he likes to do the KOs and stuff, but I'm not seeing any submission wins on his record. It's usually either it looks like knockouts or goes to decision. What do you got to combat the wrestling? Because I think you will definitely need to do that here. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for him. After that, we got one of our favorites, Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. Dern is 11 and two, six and two UFC. She's basically a submission ace. That's something we should really talk about. Torres is 13-5, three-fight win streak in the UFC, nine-fight UFC in UFC overall, but she's fought the, the best of the best. And one thing about Torres, I don't remember the last time she's been finished. Like, usually, even these fights she loses to these top-tier fighters, she usually goes the distance. She has a way of, like, always kind of going the distance. I like Dern. She's constantly improving. But I don't know. This is a tough test for her. I, I feel like I'm leaning towards Torres' decision here. So you mentioned Mackenzie's world-class jiu-jitsu, but she doesn't often show it. She's kind of become obsessed with her striking in her fights, which is not super high level. Right. But she's tough and she guts it out and all that. But I don't think that on the feet she's going to be able to handle Tisha Torres. The thing is, is Torres is a great wrestler. So it's hard to tell. I think it really depends on where the fight ends up. If Tisha is feeling herself and she takes Mackenzie down, hopefully Mackenzie's instincts kick in. She remembers that she's so great at BJJ. I, I think that would be bad news for Tisha. You know, if it ends up being a, just a striking match, I think she's more technical for sure. And she, she would get a decision win based on stand-up. But I think overall, pretty great matchmaking. I think we're going to either see a submission for McKenzie or mm -hmm. you're going to see a Tisha Torres decision if it stays on the feet. Couldn't say it better myself. I was just going to say, you know, a lot of times we hear puncher's chance. Dern has submissions chance. Like she always has the possibility to submit you. She's always in that hunt. And then we got Bantamweight Championship Contest. All Jermaine Sterling versus. Oh, no. We, we're, skip, we're skipping a fight. Oh, we're okay. Skipping a big fight. Burns. Oh. Okay. So, we're, I, all right. So, on the actual matchmaking list I have here, it actually says Burns and Shamaya for co-main event so i guess that um, doesn't make sense it shouldn't be only because the other one is a title so yeah so 
Yeah, let's let's prove that Hazma and Burns real quick. All right, Hazma is ten and zero. He's had performance of the night like four times. He's had a record for fastest consecutive wins in modern UFC history, ten days. Quickest three fight win streak in modern UFC history. He was also knocked out of the night once for Brave Combat Federation, a promotion he fought in earlier. Burns is twenty and four. He's had performance of the night four times. I mean, both of these guys are exciting. They like to bring it. Here's the big story. Hazmat is an incredible prospect. Word on him is he's dominating everybody in the gym. We haven't seen anybody come close to touching him. He's fought at welterweight or middleweight. He's knocked out middleweights. And now he's fighting Gilbert Burns, who just keeps improving. He fought Usman for the title. He knocked Usman on his ass a couple times. Right, yeah, he, he rocked him. Yes, before getting caught and getting knocked out. And that's when Usman was really improving on his striking. And oh, by the way, Usman is the best in the world right now at welterweight, despite what this fight's going to be. We don't know. But uh, right now, Usman is the best in the world. So this is a great, huge test for Chemayev. You really don't know what's actually going to happen because Shamayev has not fought anybody like this. So we can hear all that talk, but it still has to go to the octagon. We have to see what actually happens. That being said... I'm believing the hype on this one, and I'm going to go with Shemaev, and I'm going to go, God, I hate to say that he's going to fucking knock him out in the first round, but I'm not going to be shocked either way. He's been so dominant. I'm going to say Burns survives, and we're going to go to round two. I'll say Shemaev gets a round two TKO, probably ground and pound. So you mentioned that Shemaev has done great against his sparring partners in, in Sweden, where he trains. So his sparring partners are... Alexander Gustafson, uh, former light heavyweight, now heavyweight, and Elir Latifi, who is just a block of muscle who fights a heavyweight. And, and you know, they say that Chumayev doesn't lose a round against these guys. Gilbert Burns used to fight at 155. I think that's going to be the big difference because I think skills-wise, Gilbert has, you know, all the skills. You know, he's world-class. I think he's just going to be too small. Hazma's just going to go in there and bully him quickly like he does with everyone else. If Usman can knock Burns out with the, you know, he basically knocked him out with a jab. If he can knock him out with a jab, I can't see how Hazma's not going to clip him early and, and knock him out. So that's what I'm going to go with. Like you said, until I see otherwise, I'm kind of on the hype train for Hazmat. So I'm thinking early knockout. Yeah. But I would love if Burns stopped the hype train because that would also be a great story because he's such a nice guy. Yeah, he's fantastic. Like I'm looking right now here. He choked out a guy, John Phillips. Let's give his UFC debut in round two. There was a fight before that that went to round two and his first fight went to round two. Other than that, he's never been to round three. So, yeah, man. Maybe uh, he'll decide he only wants to grapple with Burns to prove a point or something. Then it'll go past the first round. That'll be interesting because of how good Burns is, you know, with jiu-jitsu and stuff, too. I still um, think he's in trouble. Yeah, I do, too. But Just because Hazma's going to be so much stronger than him, I think. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a guy who might be a future double champ. Right. He's got all the hype that Pico had in Bellator, but hasn't stumbled at all yet. Not yet. Yeah. No. Whew, that's going to be an intense fight. We got the Bantamweight Championship interim champion Peter Yan versus Bellator champ Bellator. Bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling. God, man, Sterling, he's the UFC Bantamweight champion. He's had a performance of the night. He was a Cage Fury fighting champion. He's 20 and 3 and Yan is 16 and 2 and the former Bantamweight champ, current interim champ. Crazy thing is 
we obviously know if you follow this sport, Jan got disqualified. He never actually, I don't want to say he wasn't beaten because he beat himself essentially, but he wasn't tapped out. He didn't lose a decision. He didn't get knocked out or TKO'd. It's for all intents and purposes too, even though Aldermaine had some moments early on, some moments, not like I thought he was dominating, but like, you know, like it was a competitive fight early on. Jan started to really turn the tide with that constant pressure, which he's done in every big test that he's had so far. He keeps just constantly putting pressure and pressure. And even the best guys we've seen keep folding to that pressure. He kind of reminds me of an MMA undertaker. He just keeps coming forward. You can't stop him. That being said, not to discredit Aldermain. Aldermain is a guy who had losses in his career. He makes improvements, he makes adjustments, and he gets better. I'm sure, especially he's had time, he's done nothing but look at stuff that he went wrong. And this is going to be a completely different fight this time. I'll go with Jan because until I see differently, no one's been able to really touch him up. So, yeah, I'll go with Jan all day. I'm going to say TKO round three or four. I'll go four just to make a prediction. But I think this will be a different fight. Aljo, like physically, he looks phenomenal. Looks like he's in the best shape I've ever seen him in. So I think you're right. He has definitely been preparing for this, looking at his weaknesses, trying to get that cardio perfect. You know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to fight going backwards. I think he's hoping he'll be a little bit stronger so he could land some of these takedowns or or get on Jan's back because that's really the only way I see him winning. He's not going to knock Jan out unless it's some sneaky unorthodox head kick or something which i don't see that putting yan away but i think you're gonna see much of the same from yan that pressure great great boxing and i i pretty much agree with you 100 i think aljo is gonna look much better the fight will look different but ultimately peter yan's a motherfucker and he's gonna be tough to beat so Interesting notes on this fight, too, I didn't say, but Aldo hasn't fought since he won the title from by disqualification. That was March 6th of last year. He's had a little over a year. And he had neck surgery, too. He did need it right. He, he hasn't fought since he had neck surgery, which is a huge deal. Right. So that plays a part in things. So, yeah, he can be studying stuff, too. How's he physically going to be? Jan, I want to say, did he have two fights since then or just a Sandhagen fight? Didn't he? Mm, I think just a Sandhagen fight. Okay. So Jan, I don't know. They're going to be fresh. It's just going to be interesting to see how Aljo holds up with his neck. I think if his neck and everything and he feels fine, he looks physically fit, he's obviously been training in the gym. I won't be shocked if Aljo pulls this off. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't bet money on him. If I was going to bet, it's going to be bet on Jan. You know. Yeah, I agree. So yeah. I would actually be happy if Aljo and I'm a big Aljo fan. I think he's a lot of fun. His fighting style is unorthodox and fun to watch. He's like the human backpack or whatever. But yeah. I just think Jan's going to be too much for him again, unfortunately. I agree. I, know. I think know. there's a very short list of Bantamweights that have a chance of beating Jan. Yeah, he's so dominant that I like him enough, but I just want to see somebody kind of you know, pull it off. All right, main event, Alexander Volkanovsky. He's going to be defending his the way title he's 23 and one the featherweight champ he had a boxing record too of one and oh i found out he has been in the fight of the night twice he was a former australian fighting championship defended that twice you know he's he's the best in the world i know we can argue that max holloway by a lot of people's opinions you know want to fight with him at least one of those fights maybe both of those fights but they were competitive fights and he got the nod so you know and he looked great in his last fight with ortega 
who's always improving. Korean Zombie, 17 and 6, but this guy's fought the best. I mean, submission of the night twice, knockout of the night once, fight of the night two times, performance of the night three times. He was the first fighter in UFC history to uh, finish with a twister. WEC fight of the night one time. He was in a disc guy goes back to the WEC. He's always a guy I think I feel like that's improving, too. I haven't felt like he's really slowed down yet. He's had some fights he's lost, but I feel like he makes adjustments. Much like what I'm saying with Sterling, even though these two have fought, like I expect Zombie to be the best version of himself. I think he's in this fight more than probably people think. He's, you know, had Henry Cejudo in his camp. And if you look at the difference with Cejudo brings to the table, he was working with Wei Zhang against oh god why am i breaking out chevy what's her name rose now rose yeah yeah and there was a much different fight that second time you know and she did did look strong in the grappling department it's still a lot of time to cover but i think you know zombie definitely has a fighting chance i would not be shocked he would have to probably knock him out I think. I mean, or submission, but he's going to have to catch him. I don't think, like, I think if this goes the distance, we're looking at Volkanovski probably piecing him up, leg kicks. He's a great boxer himself. He's just great all around. Actually, I will say this, too. Max is, like, an unbelievable boxer, and he's good all around, but Volkanovski might be the best all around. Like, he's really complete, I feel like, when it comes to wrestling, boxing, submission. I think his fight IQ is what he just knows what he should be doing, like what holes he needs to go for, you know? Yes. That's what sets him apart. Which Max is such, but I think the difference with him and Max, and I think why me and you both think Max is better, is Max is pretty good at all that stuff too. But then on next, unbelievable, like the best boxer in MMA, I think might be Max Holloway. So, it could be said. He, he has looked great. But anyway, this is about Volkanovski and Zombie. I'm going to go Volkanovski. I'll say he puts the pressure on, and eventually Zombie will fade, but not till late. I'll go round four. TKO. Before I get my prediction, you reminded me of something. So Peter Jan couldn't get his corner over from Russia Ooh. because the war. And he has Cejudo and sean o'malley in his corner apparently fascinating just i I assume this is like to show that he can win the belt without a real corner i I think he said like he doesn't want to hear any advice from either one of them he just wants water and ice and shut up and let him do his job okay i just thought that that was funny i don't even know if that's real it'll be funny if he comes out with them you do the work so we don't have to for a change (laughs) Anyway, back to the featherweight title. I agree with you. Like I said, I think Volkanovski has the best fight IQ in the division. As far as as making adjustments in a fight, he just finds a way to win because he makes the right adjustments. He puts the fight where he has the best opportunity to win. So if it's going to be at close range where he's going to throw all these powerful hooks, then he's going to do that. If it's at a distance where he's going to throw lots of leg kicks, then he's going to do that. If it's wrestling to nullify your stand-up, he's going to do that. So I I think he found a good dance partner in Korean Zombie, who is also very well-rounded, like you said. Very determined. I think this is going to be a great war. This could be, you know, one of the fight of the night, I would imagine for sure. And this could be an all-time great fight, which Volkanovski seems to be having them left and right. So yeah, I agree with you, though. I do think that Volkanovski is going to find a way to win this fight. I'm not sure how, because the fight could go anywhere with these two. I'm going to say it's a decision just because Korean Zombie is so tough. That is why he is called Korean Zombie. So I don't see him getting finished. I'm going to say decision for Volkanovski. 
If me and Chevy have our way, we're going to be wrong on a lot of these fights. Yeah. Like, we want Dern to win. We want Sterling to win. And we I want- would be happy with Gilbert to win. Yeah. Oh, Gilbert too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be happy like if we're, I won't say if we're one in four because I, I don't know much about Mark Madsen, but he seems like a prospect. So I'm rooting for him. So, but I don't know. Actually, Purcell's kind of cool too. So I won't be, won't be mad. He's at a it. great mustache. Keep an yeah. eye out for that mustache. <laughs> oh, five. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Yeah. I hope we get killed. All right. So next week, April 16th, we're going to be previewing USC Fight Night Luke versus Muhammad 2. Then the week after, April 23rd, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night Lemos versus Andraj. And at the end of the month, April 30th, UFC Fight Night Font versus Vera. Guys, I'm excited about this card this weekend. At least I can say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think this is going to be a good show, even though that, like I said, there's some fights where I I hope we're wrong and I hope we get some upsets. I think this is just stylistically, we got some fun potential fights here with an opportunity to have a lot of finishes here too. I mean, I could see like some of these going to distance, like I said, but I would not be surprised if we had a lot of finishes on the show either. Yeah, great matchups. Good matchmaking from the UFC for sure all right guys thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you at the fights all right so that wraps us up for this week thank you again for listening to the working fans podcast so as always you can find us on twitter at fans working our facebook page is working fans wrestling pod we have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also that's working fans wrestling pod at gmail.com follow us on instagram working fans wrestling underscore pod And then, as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 